opening. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Brick Cave Media Podcast. My name is Bill Campana, or uh, today my name is Bill Funkweather, author of four different Brick Cave books and the upcoming poems in the key of A negative. Joining me in the studio today is my co-host, fellow poet and author, Patrick Hare. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Bill. Patrick hey. Hare, poet and author of Corporate Boilerplate Vinegar from Brick Cave's Books. I sold my whole Columbia catalog for $300 million last week. And the Brick Cave podcast is brought to you by the BC Book Club, Brick Cave Media's community portal for readers that love Brick Cave books and authors. You can join today and be a part of the Brick Cave story at bcbookclub.com. Tonight we're using Podbean, so if you visit your favorite app store, you can find the Podbean app. And we are listed as Bill and Patrick live, the Brick Cave podcast. Or you can find the link in the Brick Cave calendar at BrickCaveMedia.com. We're actually not live today, but yes. uh, uh, I feel like I'm alive. If you're having deja vu. That's, that's, <laughs> that's because yes, yeah. we read the same scripts because... Who would listen to us twice? I mean, really. Right. <laughs> Even though I've read this stuff over and over again, I still stumble on it. It's got the same information, and it's good. So if you've read a Brick Cave book, we'd love to hear what you think. Send us an email to readersfeedback at brickcavemedia.com to let us know what you think. And if it's crazy enough, we'll read it in a funny voice. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do helium and read your... Uh, Read your letters. I thought your poems were insulting. <laughs> <laughs> I read at Borders and everyone stood up and clapped. Yeah. <laughs> I never read at Borders. Oh. I think if you're not in Australia anymore, you're not going to know what Borders is. That could What's be. That Australian what? prime minister down there, is that guy nuts or something? Uh, yeah. I, I keep hearing about him and, and I... And then I read about him. I think, I don't know, he seems normal to me. <laughs> but then look what we have, you know. We're bagging on this guy when we've got Trump. What, we, we're just tired of bagging on Trump? So, okay, let's pick out another country. There's got to be somebody out there just as nuts. A lot of countries to choose from. Ever, ever since, uh, uh, what's his name, Robin Ford, was that his name? The, the guy in Canada? Oh, oh Rob Ford, the, the mayor yeah, the mayor of, uh, I don't know, yes. the mayor of Looney Town. Yeah, that guy was Chris Farley's uh, stunt double, I think. Yes. Yeah. Antics surpassed only by Mayor Giuliani. Well, yeah, in his, I like his, his chemtrail sideburns. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, my God. What, what's what's going on there? Did, did he use, like, uh, Shinola? That, that, that. Shoe polish with a little dauber on it, the liquid shoe polish. I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna do my temples. That guy went from America's mayor to uh, America's punchline. That's my opinion, though. Well. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I could be wrong. Well, he could be a freaking genius, for all I know. Those Greek tragedies keep happening over and over again. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. One day you're at the top of the game, and the next day you're just way out there. So what's ha what's exciting has uh, happened to you since uh, last month, Patrick? Um, well, not a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. Did fondue for Thanksgiving. 
Ooh, you might dip a turkey in a bowl of cheese. Now, that sounds like a really <laughs> good idea. I think we could start a trend with that. Yeah. I mean, I just had, like, uh, sliced up um, chicken and steak and all sorts of other stuff. But, but we did two fondues. One was cheese, and then a couple hours later, we did the, the meat one and, uh, you know, boiling gravy. chicken stock. <laughs> That's oh, a good idea. Wow. pot of gravy. going to invite you for the next fondue there party. Go. you got better ideas than I do. Remember I that time we had, had uh, Thanksgiving at the old apartment on yeah. Don Carlos. Right. Yeah. We did. That was good. The turkey was good. I thought I was think, going there thinking, oh, this will be a trip. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, there's there's a lot of wrong ways to cook turkey. Yeah. No, it was it was pretty cool. It was good. I, it was like, well, it saved me from I don't know what I was, would be doing that day. So I've had a, a milestone happen to me over uh, the last month. Yeah. Yeah. I turned 65. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Medicare. I'm going to bleed this country dry. <laughs> I'll bleed it dry. Every, every little ache and pain. I'm going to a doctor. Ooh, I hurt my back. I'm going to the doctor. From now on, it's doctor, doctor, doctor. Mr. M.D., can you tell me what's ailing me? This is the 47% that Mitt Romney tried to warn us about. <laughs> hey, I'm going to get what's coming because I've been getting what's coming my whole life. <laughs> I've been getting it my whole life, and now I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it one way or another. All right. We're supposed to have Russ Kazmerzak with us tonight. Russ! Russ! We can are you here? That. Where are you? Come out! <laughs> Russ is at home. If you're listening, Russ, how you doing? Sorry you're not here. We know you're, uh, you're probably doodling right now, doing some some cartoons of. Uh, <laughs> of Are we gonna do the nineteenth? Do you want to do the nineteenth with us? I don't know what day it is. Nineteenth is. Uh, well, today's the tenth. That's 10th. a Sunday, I think. Yeah. Is it? So. Yeah. So it'd be like the seventeenth would be Thursday next Thursday, and then it would be Saturday, right? Yeah, seventeenth I get another needle in my eye, so I'm <laughs> looking forward to that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Strange hobbies. Well, you know, it's it's, it's part of that old being sixty five thing. Ah, right, we're gonna start putting needles in your eye, Bill. <laughs> we, we we think you've been seeing too good lately, so <laughs> we're gonna handicap you. With a whole two days' worth of irritation after we poke you. So uh, well, we're here to read poems, aren't we? Well, kind of. Well, yeah. Extended rants, so that sort of thing. You know, uh, I, don't, I was hoping to have um, my eyesight by Christmas time. I was hoping to have. Really? Yeah, I was supposed to have the second, the left eye done tomorrow. So it'd be like, ooh, I'll be able to. Maybe we'll go out there and look at the lights. Now I look at the lights. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. It's spectacular. <laughs> There's rays coming off of them. You know, those, like, filters. Are yeah. Big stars. Wow. That's quite a filter to put on your eyeball. Yeah, it's called cataract. <laughs> they should come up with a, a filter like that for your camera lens. It's the cataract effect. It's where you see everything <laughs> through the eyes of an old person. Yeah, this is what the world's going to look like when I age. Oh, my God. I hope I die before I get old. 
Yep, and everything <laughs> up close is blurry. Yeah, you know, it's even the point where readers aren't, they're helping, but it's after a while, it's like, oh, God, you went blurry, too. What the? Well, who's going to read first? I don't know. I was, I was uh, thinking of writing some comedy monologues, but I'm so damn lazy that I could only come up with first lines to the comedy monologue. And uh, <laughs> the first line I came up with was, Nobody ever misspells the word fuck. <laughs> hey, you guys, you're going to out there, the listening, you're going to say, Bill, please. Well, it's true. So, you know, it, <laughs> you can take the person with the least amount of, of, of spelling capability, and they'll get that word right. They'll get the, the word red, R-E-D. They'll get that wrong. Another one is: Is it wrong to refer to beef as beyond soy? <laughs> and, and, and I recently got out of my deathbed to become a pallbearer. <laughs> and that's all I got right there. So I guess I'll do a poem. This is from the uh, the, the the upcoming book, uh, "Poems in the Key of A Negative," right here on the uh, on the uh, Brick Cave. Media, Brick Cave Books. Uh, any requests? <laughs> page 34. Yeah, oh, there, there you, you go. go. I'm with Patrick. Page 34. Come shine, come rain. This is based on the song Come Rain, Come Shine. <laughs> Come shine on some sunbeam boulevard. The muse walks ahead of me, painting its shadow long and faster and faster without drawing breath. Come rain, I may never catch up. On this cold night, in this cold room, my thoughts flow warm and clear to another time when I craved cold nights. Well, I certainly hope I'm happy now. Thank you. And I just oh, spotted another delightful. error in the book. Oh, uh -oh. see, that's why we picked that page. Oh, thank you, Patrick. All right. What do you have for us, Mr. Hare? Okay, well, this one's a little new. It's called Wonderful for Who. <laughs> I love it already. Who sent Clarence? And how do those space and who do those space angels really work for? They sure ain't working for good old George Bailey. Somehow this guy managed to single-handedly keep Bedford Falls from turning into a cross between 1970s Times Square and Biff Tannen's Hill Valley, but nobody gave a damn about helping out George until he was ready to channel Billy Joe McAllister. Was it Satan? In the book of Job, God and the devil made a bet to see how much pain could be inflicted on the best guy in town. Maybe they had another bet over George. Satan was about to lose because Dumbo Bailey was going to selflessly splash his way into a life insurance payout, but that would have saved his family and the bank, so that doesn't even count as a proper suicide. Suddenly, Clarence shows up, and the first thing he does is play George's altruism card because he knows the big dope is going to make another knee-jerk attempt to render aid to a careless fool. 
thanks to Clarence, all the devils in space hell get to kick back and watch D Bailey resume his suffering in an existential hell where he can only bring joy to others but not himself. Do the people of Bedford Falls have a sadistic streak? How is it there that their entire way of life is dependent on grinding away any semblance of a dream from the heart of George Bailey? They kept him from going to college by killing off his dad, from traveling the world by pulling a bank bailout with his honeymoon savings, and then they made sure he never had any life outside of a half-assed financial institution and a broken hovel that was only held together by his wife's knack for home improvement projects. Was it an interdimensional conspiracy? Were the Bedford Fawzians in league with their alternate mirror universe counterparts in Pottersville? Did the Potterans know that their whole timeline depended on making sure a certain man never existed so they could all go on acting like jerks, but at least they weren't as awful as the parasitic Fawzians? Maybe their version of Uncle Billy, who isn't uselessly incompetent in their reality, had it all figured out, but by the time he could do, do anything, they'd already put him in a madhouse. <laughs> Was Clarence sent to be the icing on the cake that George's brother Harry made? Nobody milks George more than Harry. George went deaf in one ear, saving the guy's life, gave him his college tuition money, and let him skip out on running the building and loan. Harry got a Medal of Honor, and Bedford Falls got another private laugh by giving Harry a hero's welcome for turning his older brother into the world's biggest sap. No man is as poor as long as he has friends. George's so-called friends stepped up, only stepped up when they were in danger of losing their meal ticket. They came up with a GoFundMe scheme to make sure that they could hold on to their savior that they just loved to keep on crucifying. In that case, George Bailey is the poorest guy in town. Everyone ended up singing up all Lang Syne because their leeching scheme was safe for another year. And Clarence knows that every time a bell rings, a town full of vampires sucks a little more soul out of its greatest beneficiary. George Bailey is a picture of Atlas on the doormat where Bedford Falls wipes its feet, and somewhere out in space, Clarence gets all the credit for the town's ugly work. Thank you. And here's the B-side. Here's another, this is the crude version of, of that poem. It's called, Maybe It's Not Such a Wonderful Life. I've got dreams, Mary, big dreams. Someday I'm going to level this whole fucking town and rebuild it so poorly we won't have to wait 30 years to see it deteriorate into one of the worst slums in American history. I'm going to become an engineer and build a rocket-powered wheelchair and shoot that old miserable torso, Mr. Potter, into deep space where he could die a frozen, lonely old man who was just about as unloved among the stars as he was here in Bedford Falls. And then I'm going to pit Mr. Gower against Mr. Martini and watch those two old fucking immigrants battle each other with wooden chair legs until one of them begs for mercy a ticket back to the Euro trash heap or just stop breathing. Big fucking dreams, Mary. Maybe this Christmas Eve I'll throw Uncle Billy off the bridge into the icy water. How much do you want to bet he doesn't have a guardian angel? Ten bucks? You want to bet ten bucks? You want to bet that the fish is bloated, frozen corpse out of the river? He'll still have that befuddled expression on his face. Oh, where's the money? Oh, where did it go, George? What did I do with it? 
and nobody will miss the bank examiner when I lock him in the vault with no food or water for three goddamn weeks. I'll smash that goddamn 30-pound adding machine over his head. How do you know those numbers looking now, you son of a bitch? Here, have another peek at the adding machine. Maybe Uncle Billy's raven will pick his bones clean, and there'll be less for me to bury. Ever tried digging a hole in the middle of winter? Mary, have you ever tried digging a hole in the middle of winter? We'll leave this one orgasm town and blow a fortune on a bathtub filled with caviar. And you'll be the mermaid, and I'll be the sperm whale. Hee-haw, old Sam Wainwright, you stinking mule. How dare you call while we're trying to make out in a tub filled with oyster shells and fish odor. I've got dreams, Mary. I've got big dreams. Dreams of setting his old drafty house on fire while our children are sleeping in their beds. Tied down with medical institution grave restraints. Don't listen, Mary. You can hear them crying. Zuzu, go to your grave. Do you want to hear that? Just listen, Mary. My dreams, they're all so vivid. I've been sitting on that for... Since 2000, I've been sitting on that for six years. I finally got to unleash it. Wow. Oh. You had that in your pocket for six years to outdo me. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not such a wonderful life. Oh, my goodness. You see, they stopped the, the bad Xmas pageant. That that was tailor-made for a bad Xmas oh, pageant. Oh, absolutely. That would have been the centerpiece. That, that would have dropped Jeff Falk to his knees. Yes, yes. <laughs> Surreal. Because <laughs> I was, when I was writing my piece today, it's like, well, I can't fit Mary or Ernie and Bert or any of the other people. No, I took that. care of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, this could be like a three page <laughs> rant. We could redo the whole film. Oh. Well, we could. Well, you know, He does, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of joked. I did that like two years, and I, I kind of joked out. I was gonna say, doesn't it get a little old after a couple of years? Or? It did for me. Yeah, yeah I, you know. Well, it used to be the only thing on television at Christmas time, on every channel. I still watch it. Well, it, it's like my daughter and I. We'll, we'll go out for steaks, and then we'll go back home and watch that, and then I'll nod off now at some point. Play that track in repeat now. Yeah. The of the movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Man alive. Uh, yeah, 2014. I, I, I think I wrote that back then. <laughs> this is 2020, right? Yeah. 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 It's Man alive. It, it's it's going though. We're 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 on our way. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's 2021, yeah. and it's coming at us. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I'll uh, believe it when I see it. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not expecting anything from 21. I, I expect it to be 2020 part two. Yeah. Well, 2020 dash one yeah. or dash yeah. two, whatever. <sighs> well, anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Rich, continuing in the same vein, this is the piece I wrote many years ago entitled "A Jack Greenwood Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> Where is good old Jack Greenwood nowadays, anyway? He's in Facebook prison in right now. Land, yeah. Okay. He's in Facebook jail, actually. He got banned Most for a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, then. It's, it's like it's him and Spiro are always getting booted. Surprise, surprise. All right. So, here we go. How dare you call this Christmas merry? The tree is ablaze in the living room. Santa's body is crucified upside down in my chimney. And you tore my black heart out and wrapped it in a festive green box. The elves have been hung by the lamppost with wire. And your attempt to save time has suffocated the reindeer in a shipping container. I'll bet you love this, you seeking frosty snow bitch. Because the last time I touched you, my skin ripped away like frostbitten parchment. This is the third verse of my bitter Christmas poem. The first two verses are meant to explain the lacerated state of my soul before drawing to the inevitable conclusion of verse 4. This is the third verse of my bitter and self-referential Christmas poem. You got me kicked out of the mall today and you weren't even there. Judy the gift-wrapping elf said they didn't have black leather gift-wrapping for the remaining guts she failed to shred for me. And then her eye had that barely perceptible twitch that yours does when you think I know that you're lying. You insufferable harpy, I'm spending Christmas in hell, and I got there on a road that you paved with a thousand men before me, but you won't be happy until it's my nuts roasting on an open fire, and you might call this Christmas, but to me, it's just another hollow day. Well, I guess this is a Christmas-themed uh, podcast. Apparently it is. This is our holiday podcast. You did say it was the Christmas show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> I wrote a whole damn poem for this show. <laughs> uh, okay, I've got some some uh, Christmas themed haiku I could read. Do it. Uh, I no uh, no no not not that much terrible. The stress I received, <laughs> it's it's so bad. It's like I'm looking at it, it's like I couldn't have written this. It's terrible. It's not even funny. The stress I received for Christmas must have been difficult to wrap. When they said no. No, when they say that no two snowflakes are alike, they mean no two crack rocks. <laughs> Be sure to check the artificial tree for artificial squirrels. Christmas is red and Christmas is green, and here at Crown, Christmas is blue. That's where I work. It's their colors. Never mind. No, that was terrible. <laughs> it's Christmas. Christmas is a time for fruitcake. Why are you bringing up my nephew? <laughs> Chris, last year Blitzen lost a leg flying into an energy windmill. <laughs> when Baron Trump gets a lump of coal, you can bet that it's clean coal. Yeah. You remember the year when Hollywood legalized mistletoe? Santa Claus, Santa Claus claims his glaucoma was cured by smoking the mistletoe. Okay, one of those had to go. Uh, the living room has a peculiar glow. Oh, shit, the tree is on fire. 
Maxed out credit card plus holiday depression equals Jack Daniels. The inflatable Santa has deflated. Christmas is in the air. Thanks for the clapper. How hard do I have to clap to make you shut up? That lump of coal will someday become a diamond, so <laughs> so stuff it, Santa. <laughs> candy canes are nice, but just once I'd like to see some candy crutches. Okay, that's good for now. <laughs> no, I, I steamed out of that. I did. I just, I just went on and on. Yeah. I've kind of had it with haiku. I haven't really? Written, yeah, I haven't written haiku in Maybe a year. Yeah, for the first thousand, you kind of yeah, yeah it's funny. I just can't do it anymore. I just, no. I just had it. There, are, there are much more things you can do with 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 one seventeen syllable line. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. What you got, Patrick? That's a very good question. I am out of all of the uh, out of all the Christmas stuff. So I'll just pick Shitty this one that I wrote a long time ago. It didn't score well, so I didn't read it very often. <laughs> Give me a time machine and a pair of steel-toed black Italian loafers. I'm going to be stylish as I trip back to those special times in my life to give myself a patented good square kick in the ass for failing to get those women's phone numbers, fumbling with the first date kiss, and saying no to those casual sex oasis offers in the desert because I'm not a damn camel. It's a steady job, but I want to be a paperback writer. Why is because nobody two-bit nickels and dimes my words without a good reason, and I'm sick of editors who wouldn't know quality work if they got whacked on the head by Shakespeare. Screw all their semantic parsings. They can't ID a tree when a sequoia is falling on them. And to hell with all you advertising people. You didn't have an original idea that wasn't mine. I painted across a spectrum of careers where you took my thoughts and ran, and the biggest reward I got back was a pen with your name on it that didn't even write. Next time you need a golden quill, I'm going to hand you a roadkill muse. Disarm your self-destruct mechanism and turn off your telepathy. I'm sorry. One more time. Disarm your self-destruct mechanism and turn on your telepathy. You don't need to apologize, and a non-disclosure agreement prevents me from making revelations. Three wishes would get me a smell camera for your first kiss fragrance, fragrance, and a time machine and the black Italian loafers, but you can grab on for free because I'm not much of a leprechaun and I haven't caught one yet. Woo! Yes. Woo! And that's how you get a bad score and don't make it to the second round. <laughs> you know, I used to, I hate that one when, when you do. You know, you, you come out and, and you get one round and that's it. It's like, what? I just, I just want to do three rounds, Bob. That's, that's all I ever wanted to do. Let's do three rounds. And I guarantee you, one of these rounds is going to be a, a, a riot. Well, especially if you know you're not going to overcome that ability to Oh, you just worry. yeah, you just like pull the pull out the stops. Yeah. And next thing you know, you you're, you're almost winning. You, you end up You come back into second place and win a sandwich. Yeah, some of the most memorable reads were when somebody knew, eh, whatever, I'm just going to throw this out and do it. Yeah. yeah. Like but uh the what's that that little song I used to sing about uh, red is the color of the red devil. Red is the color <laughs> That's another one. That thing was so I wrote that I wrote that before I was even slamming. 
I, I wrote like two of the verses, and then I, uh, one day I said, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this," and I, I wrote it. I never did it. Uh, that thing was probably ten years old, and I said, "Everybody remembers." I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this thing tonight. I don't give a shit what happens." And it was hysterical. Everybody was crying, laughing. Clute was hosting, and when I walked off from from the mic, he was in tears. Everybody was laughing except one person was not laughing. One person was not laughing at that, and it wasn't me. It was so <laughs> I'm not going to say who it was, but they were not laughing. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I'm I'm kind of done with Christmas right now. I think we're we're on to New well, Year. Well, we're already at three. Uh, yeah, so oh, I ran out of Christmas myself. So should we close it up? Good night, everybody. <laughs> Join us next month for another edition of Bill and Patrick at the Bull Pot Bean Podcast. Thank you again for listening to this edition of the Brick Cave Podcast. Anytime you'd like to hear us, join us online at BrickCavePodcast.com or BC Book Club supporter. Our BC Book Club supporters can enjoy extra episodes and other great advantages. Details at BCBookClub.com. Thank you again, everyone, for listening, and we'll drop in again soon. Kick your shoes off. Set a spell. Y'all come back now, you <laughs> hear? <yeah? laughs>